0: Thank you for tuning in to Emanuel Faith Community Church. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Well, Merry, Merry Christmas, everybody. My name is Josh, and I'm one of the pastors here. And it is an absolute honor to be here today. Uh, someone asked me earlier if uh, I had drawn the short straw to work on Christmas, and I said, absolutely not. This is a huge honor, because as Ryan opened this uh, service, you realize this won't happen again for 11 years. Now, it didn't happen, it happened six years ago, and then five years before that. Now, that's thanks to leap year. You can do the math somehow, I don't understand it, but that means that we don't get to Worship together the way that the angels did on that very first Christmas. We don't get to do that as a church for another 11 years. And so uh, it's an honor to be able to remember the story together today. And so I'm so glad that I get to do that. And so let's begin with the familiar story. Now the birth... Of Jesus, Matthew tells, you, tells us, of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Right? Now, of course, we have got to turn to Luke to tell that story. So in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, in this sixth month, But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name. We've been talking about names this, this series, this Christmas time. We've been talking about all the different ways that we have, have uh, that our scriptures tell us about, describe our Savior. And today, on Christmas morning, we get to talk about the most important name, the name that he was actually given. It, it was a name given him to, by, by an angel. Now I want to know. I I know there's some kids in here who woke up on Christmas morning. I want to say thank you for being here. But I want to know of of the kids in the room. I guess kids that are you know uh, young or or more mature kids. um, How many of you kids have a name? Anyone? Anyone? Okay, one, two, three. Some. Okay, some of you do. Good. Good. Now. I want you to know something about your name. Good, good. That's most of us. Okay, good. Most of the kids in the room. I want you to know something about your name. That your name was given to you also by an angel. But that angel just happens to have the same name as your mom. Right? Right? Your, your mom is the one who named it. Now, at least that's the way it worked in my family. An angel named Beth here named my kids. We figured that, um, well, no, she figured. She was doing most of the work. <laughs> so she got, gets veto power over the name, okay? Specifically the first name. And so uh, she got, she got to, to, to really pick the names. I mean, I had ideas. I offered ideas, she said, no, 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 this is the name. Now, the middle name, I got a little bit more say in. That was kind of our deal. Um, and, uh, and so uh, the middle name um, uh, was, was one that I got to choose, and, and specifically my daughter, who's right here, um, we got to, I got to choose her middle name. Now, um, I don't know, though, when, if parents in the room, if you, you know, you remember naming a child and I don't know that is, uh, you know, as almost a child ourselves when we were having kids, I don't know that we really thought about what a daunting task it is to name a child, right? That, that name is with them forever, and they're stuck with it. And so sure enough, um, I wanted to name my daughter's middle name Alethea. Okay, now Allison Alethea Rose, the name is almost as beautiful as you are, and uh, that name um, I, I just love. The, the, but the problem is, in the hospital, um, I, I chose that name and my wife said, all right, all right, I guess you get the middle name so you can have it. But how do you spell it? And <laughs> actually, it took me a few days to figure that out. <laughs> uh, it took me a while to, to figure out how to spell Aletheia because it's not an English word. It, Aletheia is the Greek word for truth. And And the problem is that it's spelled in Greek, not in English. There's a Greek alphabet that spells the name. And so I had to do something that you you have to do with names. And that is transliterate that name into English. All right. Now, um, fortunately, with, you know, my... um, you know, fairly limited Greek skills compared to, you know, real scholars, right? Um, I was able to do it, and I, I, got, it, I got it pretty right. It's the, it's the way that uh, most people transliterate it, but it's a little bit more like a, an art than a science, this whole process of transliteration. And yet, um, this is an important thing when we talk about Jesus' name, this name that the angel Gabriel gave Jesus because um, this is an important name. Now, I want you to know right now, though, um, if anybody in the room here plays Mad Libs with the notes that I've given you, okay? Because you you may have seen this right here. Mary and Joseph named him, and you might have said, okay, Josh, that's the easiest answer here. So did anyone fill it out already? Come on, where are you at? I see, I see some Mad Libs players. Yep, yep. Well, I hate to tell you something. Um, you're gonna have to, cross off the name Jesus if you wrote Jesus. And I, I, you know, I don't usually, this is the one time where Jesus isn't the answer, okay? (laughs) I'm sorry about that because the name that they named him was Yeshua, Yeshua. Now, um, Yeshua is a beautiful, beautiful name. But the name Jesus is the name that we call him. Now, and I'm not here today to tell you that you can't call him Jesus. You can. It's a good name. We're going to keep calling him Jesus. However, I want you to know that if, if one of the kids in the room here um, grows up and invents a time machine, which I kind of hope you do because that would be cool. Um, but if you did and you were to travel back to the time of Jesus, and you were to go to the first century, and you were to try out some, some Hebrew that you've learned, you know, you're going to say, Shalom. And you walk up to Jesus and you said, shalom, Jesus. He'd get the shalom part, but he'd be a little bit confused about Jesus. He'd kind of look at you strange, like, what do you mean, um, Jesus? What is this? Because that's not the name that he would have been called. That would have been a bit confusing to him. And I want you to know something. We've only been calling him Jesus. People have only been calling him Jesus for about 500 years or so. If that And I want to walk you through a little bit because I think this is important not to say once again that this name Jesus is is the wrong name. But when we understand what's really going on in his name, we not only understand who he is, but we get to see what he was sent to do. And that is a powerful thing. You see, um, I I want to take you on a little linguistic tour of the name of Jesus. You see, Jesus was named, he was actually named, our Savior was named after after a very famous hero in the Old Testament. It was one of the the books of the Bible. I really liked this name. I happen to like it a lot because his name is Joshua. The only problem is that um, Joshua wasn't even said Joshua. It was said like this, Yehoshua, Yehoshua. Now, but that wasn't Jesus' name because uh, in Jesus' time, they didn't, they didn't speak Hebrew. Now, Jesus, it seems like, would have read Hebrew, um, but that's not the language that they spoke. In fact, even in Hebrew, they shortened the, Joshua's name to the Aramaic, Yeshua. This was the name of Jesus that he would have been called. That, that's, what, that's what his mom would have called him. Yeshua, Ben Yosef, <laughs> uh, maybe would have been said in, in the home. But the problem is, and this is the interesting thing, because we don't just change people's names in different languages. So the question becomes, why did we change his name? Okay, Because think about it. Um, when you're talking to someone in English whose name is, let's say, Jorge. When we're speaking English to them, we don't all of a sudden change it to George when we're speaking English. And then in Spanish, it becomes Jorge. No, that's their name. We call them Jorge. And we can do that in English. And so why did they change Jesus' name? And it's actually only because they had to write it. And writing out the name Yeshua in Greek is, is is particularly difficult because uh, it, it just for a number of two reasons two big reasons first one is that the Greek Greek alth- alphabet doesn't have some of these very key sounds the yah sound everybody say yah ya. yeah. yah there's no yah in Greek I'm sorry about that shh everyone say shh the, there's no shh sound. In Greek, and so they had to substitute some things. And so, in the Greek language, the closest they could get to is the iota and an epsilon. Okay, and then the sigma makes this sound. And so they, Yisus, yeah, yesus. Okay, they had to they had to change these letters. And then the problem with the ending, Yeshua. Even if they they could have said yes, Yeshua. Yeshua. However, the problem is in Greek, whenever you write a name in Greek, if it has an A ending, an A ending, that's a feminine name. And so they had to add an S at the end. And so the reason that we say Jesus is because Greek has no way to write Yeshua. And so sure enough, the second problem is that there's an S at the end. Now, Greek got translated actually very similarly into Latin. Latin became the dominant language of the church, okay? Um, really, in fact, the, the majority of the church, even the Catholic church, the Roman Catholic church, until 1967, continued to use Latin as the main, the main liturgical language. And so Isus was the most popular name for Jesus around the world. But that took hold. In fact, even, even the original printing of the King James version of the Bible uses Isus. Okay, take a look. Okay, this is the the gospel according to Matthew in the 1611 King James. And I just want you to notice something. These words here, Isus, 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 even English, Old English had Isus as his name. It wasn't until French, People started calling him Jesus. Jesus, excuse me. Jesus. That we became, started calling him Jesus. We've changed his name. And yet, why do I bring this up? Okay, I I like the name Jesus. I'm gonna keep calling him Jesus. However, understanding, understanding what his real name is, Opens up some doors for us because this name, the name Yeshua, that's his real name. But I, I want to tell you a little bit about this word. First of all, the word Yasha. Okay, can you say Yasha with me? Yasha, Yasha. In Hebrew, that is the word to save. Okay, that that word can mean to save, to deliver, to rescue. Yeshua is actually both a form of that verb, talking about one saving, but it also means that Yahweh is salvation. And so in the name of Jesus, his name means salvation because he is the way that Yahweh saves. His name means salvation. You see, it talks about both his identity and what he does. It's his identity and his occupation, all in the same word, Yeshua. It's what he does and it's what his job is. But the Hebrew words are often much more elastic than English words. Okay, there's actually a, a relatively few amount of Hebrew words and we have a lot of words, okay? Like I just said um, that that word can mean save, salvation. That same word can mean uh, deliver, okay? That's, that's actually why that word uh, was used so much about God because Yahweh is the one who delivered people. It's the, one, it's the thing he did. He rescued people out of Egypt from slavery. That's what he did, and so that's the name that he was given, and that's why I, I actually really like this word rescue. Okay, you don't have to cross this off, you can just add to it that this could mean his name means rescuer, because he is the way that Yahweh rescues. And I love this idea. In fact, I kind of like the, the language of rescue a little bit better because. Because of what Jesus did, and specifically because the truth uh, truth of the matter is that that Yeshua, what he did for us, what he did for us was, was something much more tangible, much more active. We can talk about salvation as a concept, but rescue, a rescue mission is different. And what we celebrate at Christmas, you guys, what this day is all about, this is the day that we celebrate the moment that God's plan of salvation turned into a rescue mission. This is when it was no longer about explaining a plan, it was about coming in and rescuing. We needed rescue. You see, God had a plan of salvation that He'd been working up until this point, right? Up until this point in history, um, God has had a plan, right? There's a lot to it. In fact, it, it began. It began with Him I- I- infusing His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, into the very fabric of the created world. Right, that's what Romans 1.20 tells us. And then he created a people that we call the Israelites. He gave them prophets to proclaim his desires to the people. And then he gave them poets and historians to record his heart for people, right? And all of those were told to us, but his people didn't get it. We just, we just didn't figure it out, did we? This was awesome, amazing, invaluable, just not enough. We needed more. We needed something else. And an incredibly sad amount of people at the time of Jesus in the first century were actually ready for Him, were actually waiting for Him, were actually prepared for a Savior like Him. We needed more. It just just wasn't enough. All of this, as great as it was, wasn't enough to pull us out of the deep hole that we had dug. Reminds me of a story. Reminds me of a a little baby. In fact, uh, I want to know if anyone in the room recognizes this baby. If I told you a date, 1987... October 16. I don't know if any of the older people in the room might remember someone known as Baby Jessica. Anyone? Yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, for you younger, uh, for the kids in the room, um, okay, any kids um, younger than me, because I I barely remember this, okay, just to be clear, Um, but Baby Jessica was a worldwide news phenomenon. Okay, it's specifically, I mean, especially all over our country. Um, She was on like one of the first 24-hour news cycles, okay, where people were following baby Jessica. And they were following her because, and by the way, her name is Jessica McClure, because um, 35 years ago on October 14, um, sorry, it was October 14, 1987, in Midland, Texas, 18-month-old Jessica was playing in the backyard of her aunt's house. In the backyard of her aunt's house, uh, she found a, a hole, a little hole. And what do kids do when they find a hole? They explore. And so sure enough, mom um, went inside the house to, make, to answer a phone for just a minute. She, mom walked back outside and she couldn't find baby Jessica because this hole was not just any hole. It was a water well. This water well probably went down 80 feet and went down to, to water. That's what water wells go to, right? This was an eight-inch hole. Now, what does an eight-inch hole look like? Caleb has brought a, uh, a, a prop for me. Caleb, I, w- I want you to know what an eight-inch hole looks like, because hey? I just want you to see the... Um, Um, how bad this was of a situation. Thank you. Thank you. This is the only eight-inch tube I could find. Or, yeah, tube I could find. Okay, so this, this is an eight-inch tube, okay? Um, That is eight inches. Um, My head does not fit in an eight-inch tube, okay? Um, (laughs) um, I can um, reach down about four feet of an eight-inch tube, okay? Um, This is what this little baby fell into. Now, um, here's the problem. This baby fell down this hole. Fortunately, she did not fall 80 feet. She fell 22 feet, okay? And I wanna show you what 22 feet looks like. Josiah is going to hand me a tape measure, okay? Okay, let's see. This is four feet, and so we're gonna do our best to add... at 18 feet to this. uh, Okay. Here we go. We're only at eight feet, 10 feet. I don't think I can do it. Let's see. It might crash and hit the TV. Um, 12 feet, 13 feet. Okay. We are up to the top of the ceiling, 14 feet. Oh boy. It's going. Okay. I give up. It is, it is basically the ceiling. This baby fell from the ceiling all the way down. And Jessica's mother could hear her crying. She knew she was alive. But what does she do when she comes out? What would a mom do? Other than freak out, right? She calls 911. The the police come. The uh, firemen come. Um, well diggers come um, I mean uh, like engineers come from all over the country. People fly in to to help figure this out, so the, eventually the media comes and it 's a circus because there 's a baby stuck twenty two feet down can 't see her you, you can 't help her, and sure enough, all these people up at the top. At the top of this well, they may have plans. But it's different when a baby is stuck. And here's a a diagram. This is what Newsweek, Newsweek um, made this diagram of the 12-inch hole. Um, So this, the graphics are fabulous because they're from 1987. But uh, this is the diagram. Now, they didn't know, but it seems like, Jessica was stuck um, in a, fortunately, in a little area that was about 12 inches wide, okay? Um, she had gone down feet first. Her foot had been stuck above her head. And here, if you have a plan, plan to get her out, okay? There's lots of ways you could go about this. You know, um, you, could, you could try to, you know, to, 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 to shout down to her. Hey, Jessica! You hear her crying. That would be great. Um, but the problem is that there's no amount of shouting you can do to get a baby to climb up a hole. You might have a great idea. might have a great idea. Like, let's, let's lower a rope. Lower a rope. And, and baby Jessica, just hold on. How tightly can a... 18 month old hold onto a rope. No, the only only thing they could do was to dig a hole. In fact, they couldn't dig a hole here because then stuff would fall on her. And then if they, they were worried at the time that if they moved the earth too much, that she would fall further down, right? They're stuck. There's nothing they could do. So they had to dig a three foot hole down to retrieve her took 58 hours two and a half days of mom freaking out of mom dad worried okay now in case this is too triggering for a for a christmas message i just want you to know she she was rescued okay this is this is her this is one of her many rescuers she was okay however at Christmas time, we celebrate that Jesus is Yeshua. He is salvation. He is the one who rescues us. We couldn't get to heaven, so God sent heaven to us. You guys, and this is exactly what Yeshua did for us. He is our rescuer. You see, um, a, a rescuer isn't just person, a person that shouts down. It's not a person that just shouts down the hole and says, hey, you got to climb up. Let's, let's keep climbing. It, that, that's good advice. okay? And, and advice, there's nothing wrong with advice. Advice is good and, and you know, it's okay. It's just not going to get a baby out of a hole. Uh, a helper, a helper is, is someone who might like lower a rope. And I could help you pull it up, but you just have to hold on tight enough. And if you hold on tight enough, then we'll pull, and together we can do this. Okay? Um, That's helpful. I mean, a helper is helpful. It's just not going to get us out of the hole that we're in because we're a lot more like baby Jessica than you think. You see, the only way to do it was to send a man down was to send a man down. Actually, this part right here took the longest to dig because the tools are made to go this way, not this way. This took the longest to dig, and as they got to baby Jessica, they had to do something very unique. Baby Jessica... um, Baby Jessica had to be pulled to safety by a man. And I think we're a lot more like baby Jessica. In fact, if you remember the scriptures, say Jesus, who being in the very nature God, Philippians 2 tells us that he was in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, something to be used to his own advantage, but he made himself nothing, being found in human likeness. He appeared as a man and he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. See, there's something interesting about this rescue in particular that because not only, not only did Jesus have to come to us, he, he, he didn't come the same way we got into it. See, we, we got into it this way. And it was our actions and our sin and our problems that got us here. And sometimes we think that if we just work harder, if we just try harder, even if we just hold on to a little help, maybe even a little help from God, then we can get out of our problem. But that just wasn't even possible someone had to come to us like us. But just notice something with me. He had to go a little lower than us. Jesus came. What we celebrate is that Jesus came. He he came here and was born not not as a king, not in royalty. He didn't come in a mansion. He came as a Baby born in a manger, and then he served us, and then he died. You see, even with baby Jessica, they had to bring her down before she could ever rise, they had to pull her from below to bring her a step further, and sure enough. The scripture continues, therefore, God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, here's the thing we're a lot like baby Jessica. We can't climb up. But what Christmas tells us is that what Jesus did is brought us, came a little lower than us to to bring us to our knees before him. Because the only place, the only way that we will ever rise with him is if we come down with him. If we go a little lower, if we kneel with him. And then we will rise. The truth of the matter is, and this is the invitation that I have for you on this Christmas morning, that I wanna invite you to allow the name of Jesus to bring you even lower today, to bring you to your knees. Will you sit at his feet on your knees today because humility is the only pathway towards freedom. We've got to, get low before he can bring us to him the name of jesus yeshua is a name that means rescuer and he is the way that god rescues us but before he can lift you up he's going to bring you down he's going to bring you down to your knees Let's pray. Lord, we can't thank you enough. We can't thank you enough for your amazing, beautiful name. We thank you that salvation is a part of who you are. And it's what you've done. That you have come, you've come even even lower as a servant. As one who died for us came in a manger for us. Now, Lord, as we think about that manger, as we think about what that led to, as we think about the cross, I pray that that would bring us to our knees before you so that you can carry us in your arms, so that you, by the power of your spirit, can be the strength that lifts us up that makes us who we ought to be, that leads us to freedom, that brings us salvation. Thank you, Jesus, on this Christmas morning for your rescue plan. Thank you that you rescued us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.